Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. This is a pre-recorded broadcast. We are talking about confession today, the healing sacrament of reconciliation. And before we jump right into the understanding of this great sacrament, Adam, we always begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I was looking forward to this episode, Adam. I'm, I love the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I hope our listeners get a lot out of this program. So please sit back and uh, get out your notebooks and listen and learn. We got a lot of resources to impart to you. So you want to jot those down. And uh, no calls today. We're normally a live call-in show. Very busy show, actually. <laughs> it's quite a workout. I'll tell you, it's it come, you guys are calling in very fast, which is wonderful, but not today. Just sit back. If you have any questions or comments after uh, this episode, please email us at TSW, that stands for The Spirit World, at GRN, that stands for Guadalupe Radio Network, GRNonline.com. So the way, the way to reach us is TSW at GRNonline.com. And please, I say this every single show. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. Adam and I are trying to grow the family there and we, and we impart all the resources there as well. Taylor Van Est, our producer, uh, does a fabulous job at, of giving you, um, you know, the uh, the links to things and uh, the show, um, what's coming up next. And I just love a Facebook for that reason, Adam. So that's a good use of social media. Okay, so Adam, we're talking about confession today. Let's dive right in. Sure. So confession, it's probably the most uncomfortable of, of the sacraments, right? The, we all kind of dread going. We feel uncomfortable. We don't want to go. But let's let's take a good look at it because it is so important. So first off, we want to remember confession was instituted by Jesus right after he breathed on the apostles and gave them the Holy Spirit. The next thing he did in John 20, 23, he said, those whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and those whose sins you retain are retained. So Jesus gives us this sacrament um, immediately at the foundation of the church. You know, we, we think of Pentecost as, as the beginning of the church. So confession is just critical. It's critical to God. It's critical to the church. Okay, so if we're going to talk about confession, Deb, we got to talk about what is sin, because we need to understand what we need to confess. All right, so we're going to go through uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I'm going to be paraphrasing here, not just reading things to you, but you can start at 1849 in the Catechism and start reading forward from there. So a few things in Catechism 1850. This is our first level of understanding what is sin. Okay, it's an offense against God. It's disobedience. It's seeking to define good and evil. Wow, that's the subtle one there. It's 
us deciding what's good and evil. It's basically postmodernism. There is no objective truth. Whatever feels good to me is a, is a good. And, you know, if, I, if it feels bad to me and I don't want to do it, that's what defines evil. It's kind of us playing God. Um, it's very much the Garden of Eden. So this is directly looking at the original sin that Satan introduced into the garden that caused the fall of mankind. And that is, you can define good and evil. There won't be consequences for your sins. Okay, 1852. Now here's some concrete examples that help us to start uh, kind of getting a handle on sin. And this is from Paul's letter to the Galatians. So he gives some examples of sin. This isn't everything he gives, but but this is a number of them. Fornication, okay, sex outside of the, the sacramental marriage. Impurity, and we could think of perhaps pornography there. Uh, licentiousness, all right, so being kind of inappropriately uh, sexual with other people or in front of other people. Idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy. Boy, there is a there is a tough one. It's so easy to fall into jealousy. Anger, selfishness, envy, drunkenness. And then Paul really hits us with something heavy here, Deb. He says, people that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. So we need to really, um, we need to consider this. Now, don't despair. You got to take in the, the rest of what the church is going to give us here. But we need to understand that these human things that so many of us do are very serious issues. And, and you know, before we move on, remember the inexhaustible forgiveness that's that's coming from Jesus on the cross is there. So don't despair that, you know, maybe you've had selfishness or drunkenness in your life. And if it's been a regular thing, there's an inexhaustible mercy coming there and forgiveness. OK, 1853. Here's another layer of understanding sin. Sin isn't just what we do. It's not just the physical act of doing these things, but it includes thoughts and words. So we can we can sin just through our words. And boy, uh, it's a tough one to think about. We can sin through our thoughts. And we know so many of us, we struggle. We struggle with our thoughts. But, you know, Jesus told us the man who looks at a woman and lusts for her has already committed adultery. So he's saying that the movement of the of the mind and the soul is as important to him as the deed. So that's that's such, mm. and and therein Deb I think lies the kind of uh, kind of prompting and and push that we get in the Christian life, the internal Christian life, what we call conversion, which is the process of getting closer and closer to God through our lives, when we realize that even our thoughts can be sinful. And then we start to have to look at those thoughts and where are they coming from and how do I respond to them? Okay, so 1855, here's the big critical one. What is mortal sin? Okay, so we talk about sin in general in all of these ways, but then we say to ourselves, like, well, am I going to be damned because I thought an angry, you know, thought about my boss or my coworker? Am I going to be damned because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about when I was drunk, that type of thing. Basically, mortal sin is is very serious, so let's go over it. They say mortal sin, uh, Canon 1855, destroys charity. Charity we can think of as love, and love is a trait of God. So it's destroying love in ourselves by a grave 
violation of God's law, and that violation has to have a few traits. Now, when we say grave, that that isn't like super spelled out for us and defined, but that's where, and we'll get to this confession with the priest is so critical, the priest can help you separate a grave matter from something that isn't a grave matter. But you can kind of imagine, so a grave violation, um, you know, uh, the idea of committing adultery, any adultery is going to be a grave violation. Um, the commandment to not kill, any of those is going to be a grave violation. Uh, stealing, though, for instance, if a child were to steal a piece of candy, would that be a grave violation versus somebody who steals something that leads to somebody's life being destroyed? So there, there's a subtlety there. But when we talk about mortal sin, and this is helpful, we're talking about the Ten Commandments, and that's something that anybody can look up pretty easily. The part that's a little bit um, more subtle with the Ten Commandments is unpacking them and understanding what they what they really mean. And the church helps us in a number of places with that, because um, when we when we really think deeply about them, they're broader than just the actual words. Okay. Now, 1857. This is going to help us a lot. What is uh, a mortal sin again? Here's the traits. It's a grave matter. You have to know that it's a sin. Then, knowing it's a sin, you have to choose to do it anyway. So you, you, you have to say to yourself, I know it's a it's Ten Commandment. This is going to be a violation of the Ten Commandment. I know it's violating God's law. I know this is bad, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's what constitutes a mortal sin. Okay, And it's drawing from the Ten Commandments. You know it's wrong. You know it's evil. You do it anyway. Adam, I got to ask you a question on that because I know we're going to hit the pause button in just about two minutes, but I have to I have to stop you right there because you said something very, very important and you were very emphatic in, on how you delivered it to us. So let me just go back for a moment. You have to know it's a sin. Okay, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. sometimes we know it doesn't quite feel right or maybe it, there's something wrong with it, like internally. Is that the same thing as actually knowing it is a sin. I mean, because some people will say, oh, this just doesn't feel right, but I don't think I'm offending God. You know, there's that there's that gray area there, Adam, that I think uh, all of us kind of get stuck in. Sure. And actually, the church helps us. So when we go to Canon 1859, this is where, this is where they address what you just said, Deb. It's so important. Canon 1859 talks about complete consent and full knowledge, not just knowledge. And we can can unpack that after the break. All right. That's good. That's good to know. Okay. So you hear the music, folks. Um, This is our pre-recorded broadcast on the healing sacrament of reconciliation. You got to stay with us because it's very important. In fact, stay with us the entire hour. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk more about sin, the sacrament, um, how we can start living our best life today. Today. That's right. So stay with us on The Spirit World. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. 
Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. A while back, I had a nice little chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they tried to justify their claim to be Christian by saying the early Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. Is this true? Well, of course not. Let me share a few examples. Take John 1.1, where John describes Jesus as the Word and writes the Word was God. Now, in order to get around this, the JWs translate the phrase as the Word was a God. But this is based on a misunderstanding of Greek grammar. Consider also Colossians 2.9, where St. Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul describes Jesus as the one through whom we exist. Isn't God the one ultimately responsible for the existence of things? So, contrary to what the JWs think, to be Christian, you must believe Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Today you can only email us. We're not taking any calls today. This is a pre-recorded broadcast on confession. Uh, so the email again is tsw at grnonline.com. Adam, I'm going to ask you to rewind just a little bit and pick up where you left off, but I just wanted to say real quickly that, you know, we titled the show The Healing Sacrament of Reconciliation. Why do, why the emphasis on healing? Um, because it is. It's, it's, it's a sacrament of healing. And so much so, just when you go to the catechism, folks, we're going to be um, giving you the paragraphs there to look up. Um, it's right under the seven sacraments of the church, the sacraments of healing. And so there, we're going to get into that. It's very important. And we'll share some other books for you as well that you can read up on so that you can feel very comfortable entering into when you go and um, receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Because Adam, you started the show saying, you know, oh, it's kind of, you know, the sacrament that sometimes we're nervous about or fearful, you know, and we don't want our listeners to be like that. It's important that they, they really own their spirituality and understand it well in our sacrament-rich church. Absolutely, Deb. Okay, so to rewind a little bit, we were talking about what constitutes a mortal sin, what makes it a mortal sin. So number one, it's a violation of one of the Ten Commandments, and those are easy to look up. 
Number two, it's a grave matter. So it's not uh, a minor issue, but it's a, a very serious sin. It's, it's a grave matter. And that, you know, how you define that depends on the commandment. And also your priest can help you parse that out. You have to know that it's a sin, and then you have to choose to do it anyway. So when you know it's a sin, the way the church defines that in Canon 1859, it says presupposes knowledge of the sinful character of the act, that it's an evil unto itself, and it's in opposition to God's law. Okay. And then uh, the consent is sufficiently deliberate to be a personal choice. And and this touches on, you know, the world that I, that I work in, Deb, when we, when we deal with exorcisms and, and healing in that area. The act of the will is is the key to it. The act of the will is the key. So if you're choosing the sin, knowing that it's a, it's a, yeah, we've gone over it a couple times now, but the act of the will, boy, that's, that's, uh, it's the critical point. And, and I'm going to unpack a little bit towards the end here uh, that comes out of the exorcism world. Okay. Well, you might say to yourself, well, what if I didn't know it was a Ten Commandment? What if I don't know the Ten Commandments? Uh, what if I thought it was okay to do that personally? I didn't realize God was opposed to that. Where, where does it fall? Or maybe I had it in my gut, like you said, Deb. Maybe in my gut I knew, oh, this doesn't feel quite right. You know, maybe this isn't a nice thing to do here. Um, but I did it. So, the church helps us with that too. Canon 1860 talks about unintentional ignorance can decrease the gravity of this and move it from being a mortal sin to a venial sin, which we're going to talk about. So if I don't know that it's one of the Ten Commandments and I don't understand sin well, that unintentional ignorance, I'm not as culpable or legally accountable to God as I would be if I said to God, essentially, you know what, I know your law, I know it's wrong, but I don't care, I'm going to do it anyway. That's what makes it a mortal sin, because it's breaking our relationship with God. And we're going to unpack what that means in a second. So unintentional ignorance does decrease the severity of the situation. Church also says the passions, and you know, the legal system does this too. We talk about crimes of passion. Uh, we talk about when somebody, you know, encountered something and in that moment of rage or fear, they did something they wouldn't ordinarily do because their passions overwhelm them. And the church acknowledges that, that sometimes we get overcome. And, but be careful that you got to be really careful with that because you could use that as an out and try to say, oh, I don't need to confess that because I got worked up when I did it. Again, it's good to work with your priest to try to parse out what constitutes the passions kind of overwhelming you. And then the church also talks about external pressure. And canon law does this in a number of places where it essentially says if you're compelled by some external pressure uh, that you have grave fear, you know, like the idea of, you know, somebody's uh, threatening you with something and you have grave fear, there's a decrease in your culpability because another person's act of the will is forcing your will. And so they're really bearing more of that than you are. Okay. Well, what if it is, what if it is mortal sin? What does that do? Why do we say you need to get to confession? Canon 1861 talks about the consequences. What happens when we commit a mortal sin. The way they say it theologically is it's a privation of sanctifying grace. Well, 
what does that mean? That means that there's a lacking or a removal of sanctifying grace. But we need to know what is sanctifying grace. Well, sanctifying grace is the grace that enables us to live with God, to be a child of God, to uh, be able to enter heaven and be with God. That is a sanctifying grace. It is a grace that sets us aside from the kingdom of darkness that we were baptized out of. When we were baptized, hopefully we were. And it allows us to enter into heaven in that union with God. Well, if mortal sin removes sanctifying grace, that's why we say that can lead to you being damned, okay? Because it's removing that relationship with God to be able to live with God. Now, as a, as a footnote on this, Deb, I think it's helpful. We don't have time to unpack all the types of grace because theologically it's very subtle. But just a few things uh, to separate them. So sacramental grace is the grace we get from the sacraments, like the Eucharist, like baptism, like confirmation, holy orders, marriage, anointing of the sick. They give us a, a particular kind of grace for the sacraments, but they do more than that. Some of them change the soul permanently, like when somebody's ordained a priest, there's a permanent mark on the soul. Baptism, you can't undo it. You can't uh, renounce your baptism. It's, it's an indelible mark on the soul that is there forever. So the sacraments do more than just give grace, but they, are a t they give a type of grace. Then there's habitual grace, which is the grace that allows us to carry on in the Christian life and persevere day to day. It's kind of the regular grace, if you think of it like the oxygen that you're breathing. It gives you the energy to keep doing what you need to do each day. Then there's actual grace, which is kind of a burst of help from God when we're struggling with temptation or we're, we're struggling with something we need, need to be delivered from. It's kind of an extra grace that we need from God at that moment. Okay, so there's, there's a few of the types of grace, but the one we're talking about that mortal sin destroys is sanctifying grace. So, venial sin is the other word that we've heard. Venial sin doesn't break that covenant with God. Venial sin are lesser sins, or they're violations of the Ten Commandments, as we said, that we didn't know, we, did, we had unintentional ignorance, or there was some mitigating factor that maybe it didn't constitute a mortal sin, or they're, they're minor issues, they're not grave, okay? Venial sin, we don't need to go to confession for, Venial sin for a Catholic Christian is resolved in the Mass, okay? So when we have the penitential act in the Mass, that is enough to take care of venial sin. It's fine to confess it also, but really a confession, you, you, you probably want to focus on the mortal sins. Uh, you don't need to remember every little slip that you did, okay? Do you have any comments? Or, I, I do. I do. I, we, um, Taylor Van Est, our producer, we both made a note at the same time. Uh, let's do a show dedicated completely to the elements of grace and understanding the different um, areas of how grace uh, impacts our spiritual lives and, and what it means for us, because I think we're going to have to dedicate a whole hour to that. So we made a note on the show calendar as you were speaking, Adam. Also, too, I just wanted to say, um, when you're talking about the venial sins being washed away at Mass with the confidior and other penitential rites and prayers of the Mass, that is so true. But it, but, but if you, if you uh, want to experience that grace in the sacrament, um, you should definitely go to confession. That shouldn't stop you in any way, shape, 
way, way, shape or form. However, you don't want to fall into a sense of scrupulosity where you're, you're running to confession for every little tiny thing, because that can overwhelm you and burden you uh, mentally. And that's not, God wants us to live an abundant life. He doesn't want us to be burdened like that, where we're every little thing around us, we feel like we're going to fall into sin. So, and I know we've done previous shows on scrupulosity. I'll make a note, um, uh, again on, uh, we should, we should cover, uh, that again in a future show. Um, but maybe from a different angle, like how we can practically manage scrupulosity, because a lot of people think that they have, you know, they can get past scrupulosity. You really, it's it, once you, if you really have scrupulosity, it's hard to absolutely get over that. You can manage it. So maybe we could talk about the practical tips and tools of that, um, Adam. But go ahead, pick up where you left off. Okay. Yeah, that that is interesting, and you know, I I've had people that. Uh, we've worked with or, or talked with where that scrupulosity actually the demons enjoy that and encourage it they they are the accuser and one of the ways that they kind of drive people crazy and these are not everybody I'm talking about heavily oppressed or possessed people but we get a window into how the demons think and operate in those cases. One of the things that they do is they constantly harangue the person and remind them of every little thing that they've done wrong and try to convince them that they should despair of God's love because, you know, he, he's not going to tolerate you. He's not going to put up with you. And that's a way to get the person to despair in their spiritual life. So, yes, Kind of what we're getting at here, I think, Deb, and I think we're on the same page, is there needs to be a balance with this, okay? There needs to be a healthy uh, approach to sin and to grace that isn't disordered, okay? Certainly, we need to avoid mortal sin no matter what. We're not saying that, that that's ever okay, but we need to keep venial sin in a reasonable balance and understanding. Absolutely. We're talking about the healing sacrament of reconciliation today on the spirit world. Hope you stick with us for the rest of the show. This is a pre-recorded broadcast. So no calls today. You can always email us TSW at grnonline.com. And please, I'll say it multiple times during an, uh, an episode. Like us on Facebook. We're trying to grow the family there at the spirit world podcast. We'll be right back. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue, you're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. 
contact us at standtalltoday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? Your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you can fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you can take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in, and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. World will be back live next week. So um, we are super excited about that because we love when the calls come in, Adam. That is always great. It makes the show go really, really fast. And uh, we love the comments and the calls and the questions that come in. Uh, We're learning so much together on the spirit world. We're talking about confession today. Um, Adam shared uh, some scripture passages, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I also uh, will be sharing some resources, some books uh, that you can add to your library so you can go deeper in your understanding of sin and confession and healing and graces. And uh, wow. This has been a really good show so far. It's it is it's uh, and we're going to get to I think why it's so important in terms of uh, healing and deliverance in the Christian journey. Mm-hmm. So and 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 I want to touch on that before we move on to the sacrament of confession itself of, of penance. Uh, venial sin weakens us. It, you know we don't want to forget that. Mortal sin breaks our, our relationship with God, but venial sin weakens us and makes us more prone to deeper sin and eventually falling into mortal sin. And we need to see sin in the context of the Christian spiritual journey. God has a goal in mind for us that he created us to reach. And yes, it's a place in heaven, but it's also our work here on earth and whatever spiritual level he intended for us to achieve on earth. And when we sin, that trajectory gets deflected a little bit. So if he's aiming for this point and we sin a little bit, it gets deflected and we hit a point that's a little lower than what he he intended for us. And if we keep sinning more and more and more, we get further and further away from what God envisioned for us. So venial sin, though it's not mortal and it's resolved at mass, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take it seriously. Within your own journey in the Christian life of a venial, uh, venial sins are, are numerous and you feel helpless before them. And sometimes you're dipping into the mortal sin also. You want to talk with your priest about that because it's affecting your overall journey towards God. So we don't want to only think in terms of 
heaven and hell and whether we'll be damned or not. And, and we're going to get to contrition in a second. So let's talk about the sacrament of penance, going to confession. So we want to explore canons 1450 through 1470 here. Now, this is another place, Dad, that, that is really uncomfortable for a lot of people, and a lot of people don't know this, but there are requirements for what leads to a uh, valid sacrament of penance where the, the sins can be uh, forgiven. So, number one, it's contrition. Well, we know contrition means just to feel sorry, but when we look at the catechism, it's, it's a genuine sorrow for the sin. So, that means I feel bad. You know, I hurt God. I broke his law. Uh, I probably feel some gut level intuitive sense that I hurt somebody else and I feel guilty about that. Um, and that that sense of contrition is required. It's not enough to go to say, well, I don't agree that this is a sin, but I'm going to go confess it because, you know, the Ten Commandments says I have to. But personally, I think adultery is fine. That's not contrition. Now, contrition takes two forms. There's perfect and imperfect contrition. Most of us at the beginning of our spiritual journey have imperfect contrition. And this is Canon 1453. What does that mean? It means I'm sorry because I'm scared of the consequences. This is, this is the person that's only sorry for committing the crime because they're scared of going to jail. Okay? They don't actually think the crime is bad unto itself. They don't think hurting other people or exploiting other people through that crime is bad. They just don't want to go to jail. That's imperfect contrition. Perfect contrition is where we hopefully get to in our spiritual journey. And that is, I feel sorry for the sin, not because of the consequences to me, but because I love God so much and it hurts me so much to have offended and hurt Jesus. I know I've disappointed him. Now, his love is inexhaustible. He's never going to give up on me. But I know that I've disappointed him. I know I've hurt him. You know, a mortal sin means I chose to reject him. And so the perfect contrition comes from a love of God. Okay, so within perfect contrition, if we have that, the Catechism in 1452 talks about this kind of get out of jail, you know, early card that we don't want to we want to understand it well so we don't take it kind of flippantly as a way out of, of confession. Canon 1452 talks about when we have perfect contrition, we're sorry we because we love God, God loves us. It's kind of like when you hurt your parents through doing something and, and really hurt them. You know, mom's crying. I did, I did something really hurtful and I'm sorry because I hurt her. Church talks about if that has happened and you have a firm resolution to go to confession as soon as possible, that doesn't mean you call father and you say, drop everything, it's midnight, you need to hear my confession. That means the next time it's scheduled and available to you, you're going to go. That perfect contrition frees you from that mortal sin. Okay, you're forgiven of that mortal sin, but you have to have that resolution to go to confession, and it has to be real. You, you can't fake God out and say, like, well, I'll go to confession, and then knowing that later you're not actually going to go because it's uncomfortable. You've got to make that effort. Okay, another aspect of confession is Canon 1459, and that is satisfaction of damages that you've caused. This is saying, you know, we can't always do this, 
but we should make some effort, and the priest can help you in confession on this. You need to make some effort to heal the damage that you caused, whether it's emotional, whether it's within you know a, a social thing, whether it's property damage or something was stolen. You need to make some effort to satisfy that and undo the harm that you've sent out into the world through that sin, because those wounds then cause other people to be resentful, to be sad and upset. Okay, so hold on. I got to stop you right there because you just you just said something that made me start to think. Uh, of, over the years that I've been life coaching, Adam, a lot of clients come to, come to me for services and for sessions of of wanting some spiritual direction in this area, because sometimes in in the in the uh, confessional there is that exchange of. Um, you know, hey, you did wrong, you know, you're going to have to uh, try to to fix this somehow, you know, build up the body of Christ, because you now wounded the body of Christ. But a lot of times you can't do that. It's just not practical. You can't go back to that person, place or thing and repair the window or, you know, give back the pencils that you stole at work or something like that, because maybe you don't have that job anymore. Um, but I was told many years ago by a very wonderful priest that if you do something with a good intention to build back the body of, of Christ, that does suffice. Um, what do you say to that? Because I just don't want people saying, well, I can't do that. So now am I just, am I doomed? You know, what's going to happen? Right. And, and again, the, your priest can help you with this in the confessional. A lot of times satisfaction of damages is not possible and you don't want to put yourself in danger, right? Mm -hmm. So, so if there was a family member that was dangerous towards you or, or something along those lines, um, you don't put yourself in harm's way trying to make satisfaction. Right. It's not an, it's not required that you make full satisfaction of the damages, otherwise you're not absolved. Uh, the right. catechism isn't saying that. That's not my my read on it. Again, your priest needs to work with you within the sacrament. Um, basically do what you can and then offer uh, penance in a sense. Right. Okay. 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 Uh, for the things that, that you can't. Okay. Mm -hmm. And here's here's the last one. And this is, and this is so important. And again, this goes back to the journey of the Christian life. A resolution to not sin in this way again in the future. And that resolution isn't just, okay, I'm going to try really hard. You know, I'll try, I'll try harder this time to not do it again. Mm -hmm. That involves making a plan to mm -hmm. actually change something in your life or do something to help you not fall to this again. Okay, so let me let me pick up right there because that's where I want to introduce this book that I think can really help our listeners. And that is the book is by Vinnie Flynn and it's Seven Secrets of Confession. Okay, Seven Secrets of Confession by Vinnie Flynn. And it talks exactly about uh, what you just said, Adam, about making a plan, having the steps to not go into that same pa uh, path again, not, not fall backwards again, and to create the, the newness. See, a lot of people go into confession thinking, well, this is like, you know, just taking a, a uh, a really cleansing shower and washing off all the sin off of me, right? So now I'm I'm all new and everything's great and it's wonderful. No, you have to have a a purpose, a plan, uh, a path, so that you can get out of that habitual uh, sin cycle that you may be in, right? And if you don't have that plan in place, 
That's what we, you know, a lot of us in religious education, we hear this all the time. It's like a revolving door going into the confessional. You go back every single week. You, you don't even have to even pretty much say the sin anymore because father knows it's the same sin coming into the confessional. So, mm-hmm. so that, that is key, Adam. And I think uh, that's where our listeners really need to do the hard homework on that um, and understand it better. Maybe this book could help them. That's wonderful. Okay, so again, just to recap, what leads to a valid confession and really the absolution, uh, the priest being able to absolve you? Contrition, it can be perfect or imperfect. And by the way, uh, if it's imperfect, that's okay. That's enough. And the church makes up the rest. So we don't have to have perfect contrition if you're just there because you don't want to go to hell. Uh, that's enough. The church makes up the rest. Jesus makes up the rest. Uh, the resolution to not sin in this way again, and then, if if reasonable, a satisfaction of the damages that you caused. Okay. Now, of course, we, we just have to mention this has to be done by a priest. can't be a deacon. It can't be a layperson. And, you know, a lot of our Protestant friends would say, well, no, I can just confess to Jesus myself. Uh, and I've heard that from some Catholics who just, they they're uncomfortable with the confession and they don't right. want to do it. Um, but I'm sorry, you do, you, you do. That's the way Jesus instituted it with the apostles. Um, he didn't it, say those whose sins, they repent to me. They, he said that you forgive. Right, right. And um, it cannot be done by phone, too. We get that question all the time. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cannot be yeah. on by phone. You have to be going to the sacrament of, of confession at your church. So start looking up those confession times, folks. It's real easy. They're, they're all over the place. Go ahead, Adam. Sure. Um, now, what happens after your, your confession? Father is going to give you some penance, and then there's going to be some, there's going to be some purgatory time related to that sin. And we're going to unpack what is penance, why is it there, and purgatory, which is... Um, Boy, it it can be a a difficult thing to fully understand, but I think with one good analogy, hopefully we will. Mm -hmm. And then we have another good resource to recommend on purgatory as well. When we come back, you hear the music. Um, If you have any uh, comments about today's show, please email us. We'd love to hear from you. TSW at grnonline.com or post your comment on Facebook at The Spirit World Podcast. Um, We're coming up with our final segment on the healing sacrament of reconciliation with this pre-recorded broadcast today. The St. John Leadership Network presents Glance at the Gospel with Father Nathan Cromley. In this year's Gospel for the Solemnity of the Ascension, we hear the Lord give the Apostles the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Without a doubt, the Apostles have been sent to the four corners of the earth to proclaim the Gospel even unto death. 
But what's really amazing about this gospel is that it happens after revealing that some of the apostles have doubts. It says, when they saw him, they worshiped, but they doubted. Now, looking closer at the Greek text, we find that that word doubt is the same one that is used when Simon Peter walks on water and then sinks, having seen the wind and waves. And it comes from the Greek word meaning to stand with division inside of yourself, meaning to not be certain to be split in two. And our Lord certainly knew this of his apostles, which makes the fact that he decided at that very moment to send them on mission even more astounding. And at the same time, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful to know that our God doesn't need us to be perfectly ready to follow him? And that perhaps, in fact, the very act of following him, even though we don't feel ready, is what will heal us on the inside. Maybe life isn't about control. Maybe life isn't about having everything planned out and perfectly in order. Maybe the great thrill of the Christian life is to let love lead us where certainty cannot. When we surrender to Christ, we surrender to someone greater than ourselves. When we surrender to Christ, we surrender to love. Could there possibly be a better way to live? For more information, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We cannot forget to um, thank Adam, our wonderful producer, Taylor Van Est. He does a fine job. He keeps us sounding good, and, and he is, boy, he's got it down to the second. I'll tell you, we can't even go one second longer. He's not letting us do that. Okay, just teasing. He's smiling now. That's good. Okay, i got to keep a sense of humor, folks. You just have to do that. I won't keep our listeners in suspense any longer. Let me just impart to you, because you probably have your notebooks out, and you're making notes on canon law. Um, cite, uh, Adam was citing from canon law, and then also uh, scripture and the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, We said uh, the book Seven Secrets of Confession by Vinnie Flynn. The other book I love, Adam, it's one of my favorites, is from Carlo Broussard, and it's Purgatory is for Real, Good News About the Afterlife for Those Who Aren't Perfect Yet. I love the title. Carlo did a great job on this book. And so, folks, there's all your resources and your homework. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many are going to be going to canon law. Why don't you share real quickly before But you you should share with our listeners. You're studying to be a canon lawyer, correct? Yes, yes. I'm coming to the end of of studies, uh, done the thesis, and uh, should be doing comps in December of this year, which is 2023. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Oh, thank you. I'm That's just, amazing. yeah, trying to trying to be useful. I, I thank my bishop, Bishop Zubik, um, you know, for allowing me to go to canon law school and making that happen. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. That's incredible. Okay. So where do you want, this is our final segment this hour, this pre-recorded broadcast goes really, really fast. Um, so where do you want to finish up with our listeners? Sure. So after 
confession, there's a little bit more related to those sins. First off is penance. Now, one thing, and we were talking um, before the show, Deb and I were talking about this, we don't want to think of penance as a punishment. You know, Father usually tells us to go say a number of Hail Marys or an Our Father or maybe a decade of the Rosary. The idea of penance, it needs to be in proportion to the sins that we committed. But we shouldn't think of it as like a punishment, like, oh, I'm going to go do this to show God that I'm sorry. I think the idea is more that I've deviated from where God wants me to be. In a sense, I've cut myself off from some grace, and I need to bring more grace into my life to get me back on track and pointed in the right direction. And so those prayers aren't about um, a punishment, but they're about bringing grace into you. Because when we pray, it brings grace into us. And that grace gives us the strength to move forward. We talked about habitual grace, which is the grace to live the Christian life day to day. Actual grace is the burst of help. So when we're saying that, God knows that we're sorry for those sins and we want help with those sins. And so that grace is going to help us with them. The final piece comes after after our judgment, and that's purgatory. And that's what is called the temporal component of sin. It, it's a difficult one to define, but here's a, an analogy a priest friend gave me that, that I thought for me really helped. Remember, God had a plan for us and a place he hoped that we would get to. Sin makes us deviate from that. And a lot of sin, we might deviate a lot from that and really not even get close to what God intended. The time in purgatory is for that soul to be perfected back to the state that God intended for the soul to be at, at the end of the life journey. Yes, it's to remove any any vestige of sin, any inclination of, to sin that's in that soul. But another way to look at it is that it's bringing that soul back into the state that God intended, that through our free will choices to sin, we deviated from. And so, again, purgatory, yes, it's a punishment in a sense, but it's a purifying punishment. It's not just God being wrathful and saying, you're going to sit there and feel sorry for your sins till I say you're done. It's to purify the soul. So the soul is in a perfect union with God in perfect happiness and freedom at the end of that purification. Mm-hmm. You said that beautifully. That was excellent. You oh. didn't even you didn't even practice that. That was really good. You just oh. that really that, I could tell that really came from um, your heart to our listeners, but your understanding of of what it means to have a really good confession. And I, and I love that. Thank you for sharing with us. Anything else before we close this wonderful pre-recorded broadcast? I just wanted to, the final piece, confession is important because we, we confess our sins and we try to repent, but forgiving the sins of others is the other side of that coin. So in your journey, it's important to confess, but it's also important to forgive other sins mm-hmm. that have wounded you. Right. And this is a lesson I've learned in the world of exorcism that I do, you know, a lot of spiritual work in observing. I'm a lay person. I'm not a priest exorcist, but I train priests in this area. The demons hold on to unconfessed sin, but they also hold on to unforgiveness. So we've had many cases where they say, I have a right to stay with this person because they did this sin. But we also have many cases where they say, I have a right to stay with this person because they haven't forgiven their father for what he did to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sin is a coin with two sides, and we can't forget that. It is important to confess our sins, to help us 
get that sanctifying grace so that we can live with God in heaven after our judgment. But it's also important to forgive the sins of others because the devil, the demons can lay claim to us based Mm -hmm. on unforgiveness. I'm not saying that you'll be possessed if you if you don't forgive. Certainly not. But it's a little bit of a hold. It's a little bit of traction that you're giving them to uh, basically tempt you harder, kind of come at you in different ways in life. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be extraordinary ways, not oppression, not possession. Don't be scared. But forgiveness is very important. Absolutely. But remember, on a previous show, Adam, and maybe our listeners uh, don't remember this, so I'll refresh your memory. Uh, We talked about that. If you know, do your best to forgive. Okay, it's not going to be perfect. So then ask Jesus, ask Jesus to do the rest. You know, ask him to step in and do the rest for you. And really, you know, it's a, it's a joint effort. Okay. God knows we struggle with that. Right. So we want it. We don't, we want to, uh, just do a little bit goes a long way with God. Always remember that. So just do your best and, and God will do the rest. I love that. Um, also to Adam, you had shared, um, about, you know, confession and and the importance of the healing sacrament. And I, I just, I keep stressing that because, when we sin, we are wounded and we need that healing. Okay. It's not about going up, going uh, to our, our father and saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. You know, don't send me to that, that horrible place. It's not about that. We are wounded and we have wounded. And we did a show on this as well, Adam. We, when we sin, we are wounding the body of Christ. And so God doesn't change. We're the ones that are changing. And and in that book, The Seven Secrets of Confession, Vinnie Flynn covers this very nicely. It's not God who has changed, it's us. So we need to work to be a, a, a productive member, right? A, a spiritually productive member of the body of Christ. So think of it that way. And And folks, really look up confession times. You know, I said that you could start today to feel differently about this, this beautiful sacrament. Well, on Saturdays, many churches around the world have confession. So look up, um, you know, uh, your church and see the confession times. Uh, it bring cut, cut out, uh, the act of contrition. Sometimes in the confessionals, they have it posted in the confessional. Just bring, I have a little card, um, that I, that I made up sometimes. And, um, you can just bring that into the confessional, the act of contrition and, and really be at peace of an understanding of going into this healing sacrament so that you can become whole again. Right, right, Adam? Yeah, and don't, uh, don't stay away because it's been 20 years or 30 years. Uh, the prodigal son story is there for us to remind us God is joyful when, when we come home. So do it today and don't be shy. You're going to bring joy to that priest and to God. We hope this was a life-changing broadcast for you, this pre-recorded broadcast. Thank you so much, Taylor, for putting this together for our Spirit World listeners. Uh, Next Saturday, God willing, we will be back live taking your calls. So for Adam Bly, I'm Debbie Giorgiani, wishing you a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.